0: All right, hello, everyone. Uh, We uh, just saw Joker, a Joaquin Phoenix movie. uh, Just came out this weekend. Uh, We just decided to do something a little bit different. We're getting our first initial reactions literally right outside the uh, movie theater right now. Uh, It was a
1: red carpet event.
0: (laughs) Yes, they invited us and everything. It was a whole deal. Uh, Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about some uh, pretty key things here uh in the next couple minutes uh we'll follow it up with the rest of the episode but uh just really quick we wanted to to get our initial thoughts, feelings, questions, uh any anything that we could, you know, just right off the top of our head think of. Um, so initial reactions, I guess Mickey, what,
1: what's your what's your thoughts? Awesome. Okay. And I expected it to be more from the previews, more like a serial killer type movie. And up until the end, when you start seeing the pieces fall together as to you know, the storyline we're used to, that's exactly the feel that it had. And you almost find yourself understanding what could make, make him go to the madness that causes the character of Joker. Like, all I could think about was that Stan Lee, when he first started creating characters, always wanted to point out the human side of these characters and, and their struggle with dealing with their superhuman powers and be, being normal human beings. And DC's finally figuring that out, in the movies especially. Absolutely. And, and it's a nice spin on their villains even, because MCU hasn't done that as much with their villains. I mean, they show their human side, but this was specifically pinpointed to the villain and what causes his sociopathic behaviors and stuff like that. And it almost makes you go, oh, I guess I can understand why he went crazy. But it it was amazing. Just right up my alley, the little sick and twisted kind of movies that I like, so... Right, and and I would
0: I would echo that I think uh, a lot of what Stan Lee uh, did uh, was try to create a character that could exist in this world, and I've always said that people don't exist uh, in a, a vacuum. Everything that people are, who, what their personality is, why they are, who they are, comes from specific events. And circumstances and experiences and how that they we take
1: have. that in with our with our senses and in the, and the way we what we do with the information and all that yeah how we're brought up everything and so what this movie did was made
0: gave the Joker a backstory that made sense and filled in the gaps of why he is the psychopath that he is and that's not to say that we are at all. Uh, you know, condoning, condoning no, no. any of that. He's but, not our hero, but absolutely. and very much an anti-hero. Yes. And you do at points feel bad for the character who is the Joker, this Arthur character, but it's in, it's because of the things that were happening to him. And what you find out is that all of that built up to something that he just couldn't contain anymore. And a lot of what he was doing was a reaction to something else some of it was planned by the end of it um I've got a lot of questions about the ending and how that all uh one of the things that they did well was confuse the audience as what is real and what is
1: what is in his head yeah there was delusions he was having because you thought he was dating that girl and turns out she doesn't even know who he is.
0: I mean, I got to be honest, when I saw that he, like, was dating the girl, I was like, wow, I guess anybody can, you know, yeah, it's exactly. like, really? <laughs> <And> I've <laughs> been single for a while, I'm
1: thinking, what's my problem? No, no, he made it up, <laughs> don't worry,
0: he's just, he's just a psycho,
1: uh, he's imagining all of this, so no, that's, that's, yeah. But that's so. exactly along the lines of the serial killer and abnormal psychology movies and books that I've read. These guys, you know, start out as fairly decent human beings, but what they're with their environment and the mistreatment and abuse, and eventually they just become where they don't feel anything anymore. And hurting others is going to fill this void that they have. It's something that we can't understand, thank God. But you felt that in this character, in this movie, because they just built it up to that point where it's like, okay, I can't handle it anymore, and, I, and he snaps, and basically, is what it comes down one
0: to. One of my friends who had seen it earlier said that they basically layered all of these circumstances and they kind of wove them together and and you you got to see this you see the complete picture this build up of, of who he was and what he 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 became. Uh the one of the things that uh one of the quotes that they had was what he had wrote down, written down in his journal was that the something about something along the lines of and we're gonna look it up later, but the funny thing about mental illness is that people expect you to act like you don't have a mental illness. Yep. And it just it was so raw. I think that, that if one one word to describe it was just raw and like real and it made you not not real in the sense that the Joker's real and there's you know there's people like this that exist. This but, is the kind of thing but, you
1: see every day in the news. That's that,
0: what's raw about it. That that's yes, that you see these people who have extreme mental, mental illness. illness and they act out on it. And you, you got to peek behind the curtain of not just, oh, that bad guy in that last Batman movie or that last Marvel movie who just wants to take over the world. Yeah, he's uh-huh. not just a character. He's, you know,
1: he's a human being gone wrong because he was mistreated and, and he rationalized his behavior with, with everybody's out to get me and everybody hurts me, so I'm going to get back now. And, and
0: a couple of things that that I I put, picked up on that I thought was unique is first of all uh, how they categorized and how they explained his laugh and 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 oh, yeah. I think what they were trying to hint at was essentially. When he was beat up by her, his mother's boyfriend, he suffered some kind of brain injury, and that nervous tick, that that's it's part of a mental illness, but it's a, it's a physical like a self-defense reaction. mechanism, correct? Instead, instead of crying, instead he of laughed. crying, instead of like when he got nervous, he laughed. That's why his mom
1: never knew he was crying. She always thought he was such a happy child. Cause yeah, even when he's being abused, and you know. Uh, handcuffed to a radiator, he's laughing through it because that's how he dealt with his
0: pain. And and he yeah, he had such a horrible upbringing that this this mentally scarred him in a way that you 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 got to see during during the movie is this laugh was not a. You know, in the traditional Joker, it's kind of like, ah, it it happened and it stopped. Like, he couldn't control it at times to the point where he was choking. He was coughing. He was trying to stop it. And and that was a very unique way to
1: portray the Joker. And you could Um, even see in his eyes, he was almost on the verge of crying. So that's when you could tell this is not genuine laughter. This is masking the the painful feelings that are underneath. Right. That he, he thought that his life wasn't worth
0: anything and then... It finally was, and it was—it was this whole buildup of of the killings and everything that happened. And the rawness was—it was—it was interesting because you see certain movies, and it's like that's gory, that's bloody, that's raw. Yeah. There were parts to this movie that were—he killed people. You got—you saw in the apartment the killing,
1: and that was part of it. But that wasn't what it—what made it raw. It was a slow build up. There wasn't a right. whole lot of action, but but you knew it was leading to something.
0: Right. The and whole time. You knew that he was going to snap. You knew that there was, there was things that the. But the, you still wanted to see it. You wanted to see, but, but it was so like, you felt bad for him. Yes, exactly. You, you had
1: this emotion of, I feel bad for this guy. And I, I, I wish this wasn't happening to him. Because if anything, if one of those things doesn't happen, maybe he goes the other way. And that's what you often feel about these mental illness cases where that have gone, you know, mass mass murders and stuff like that if one thing hadn't gone that way maybe they would have survived like hitler if he had gone to that art right. school been allowed into that art school maybe the holocaust might not have happened
0: you know? right and you, and you don't know and I, I mean that's i guess a psa to anybody out there go and talk to your friend and and you know try to try to listen to people and 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 be nice to everybody that you can be around even if you don't agree with them yeah but i i like i said it was just very interesting the the other parts that i liked is Uh, I liked how they tied it into, it exists in the DC universe, but it's not directly tied to any existing movie. There's Martha Wayne, there's Thomas Wayne. I believe what they were trying to insinuate with the guy at the gate was that's Alfred. Yeah. That that, Because Bruce Bruce Wayne's a child. Bruce Wayne's a child. You saw this other version of, you got to see what the guy was doing before he pulled the gun out on Martha and Thomas Wayne. And, and what built up to that and how the Joker was directly involved in that. And again, I'm going to have to do some research. We're going to have to look into it, but it might not even have been all... We don't know how much of this is real. I mean, yeah. the confusing part to me at the end is he's sitting there talking to the psychiatrist and then he walks out and he's got blood on his foot, on his feet. So either he killed he that woman hall, yep. or he's imagining the whole thing or we, you know, there's a, there's a lot... There's a lot of amb- ambiguity that is because he hallucinates
1: throughout the movie, so you don't Correct. know what's real and what isn't. Which is part of the whole uh, experience. It, it makes it you know entertaining because you don't know what's real and what isn't. I mean,
0: and honestly, and what I what I thought this movie was going to be it kind of lived up to what I as far as what I thought it was going to be the expectation because in my mind this movie could have existed outside of the DC universe. Oh, exactly. It was a serial they, movie. They were able to. Capitalize and tie in the character of the Joker and tie it into the rest of the DC. But this this movie could have existed as just anything else. It could it could have been just a killer movie. And so a
1: killer movie that was killer, right? A killer movie, yeah. So great movie. Joaquin Phoenix nailed it. I mean, Heath Ledger was really good. And that part of my I felt myself going, ah, maybe not as good, but in his own way, it was it was equal. They just—they sold their whole existence to the role. In such a, <laughs> in such a,
0: uh, a hard role, such a uh, potent role, I guess. I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but it's, it's hard to compare those actors because they bring something unique to it. And this is, this is exactly what I would expect as generations of superhero comic book movies come—is that you're the Joker. There's no, no doubt in my mind that that is the Joker that I'm oh, yeah. looking at. But. That is Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yep. And that is Heath Ledger Joker. That is uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. You are able to, as an actor, what they do is they are able to be the Joker but put their own influence on that character. At and I no think that's point, what he did.
1: At no point did I think, uh he's acting. I really felt like this guy... I mean, it happened to be Joaquin Phoenix, but this guy, this is happening to this guy. Right. You know, it, it, sometimes you can tell that a person's acting. This guy was that character.
0: Yeah, he definitely I- I immersed himself into that role. So, uh, but yeah, we already, we said five minutes and we're at uh, almost Twelve. 12. So, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue this later. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to get our first, first thoughts and thank you guys. Awesome. 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 Hi, everyone. So we uh, definitely did a cold open today. We tried to, wanted to try out a little bit uh, different approach uh, to the Monty and Mickey podcast. Welcome. Uh, we that recording that you just heard was from our uh, initial thoughts directly outside of the theater. Uh, so we, we tried to capture that raw kind of uh, organically. Uh, as opposed to what we have done in the past where we have a week to think about it or a certain amount of time to think about it then we go and record. We wanted to capture those right away. So that, that's where that cold open came in. So again, welcome to Monty and Mickey and uh, uh, this episode's going to be on the Joker. Uh, we're going to do some of our, uh, you know. Uh, upfront stuff and, and what we talked about with fan mail and some other things that we kind of save for the end. We're going to do that right now uh, because we've got a segment uh, where we had a, uh, another guest on our show call in and, and give his thoughts about the movie.
1: And so I guess, Mickey, how are you doing today? Doing, well, doing great. Other than the cold, crappy weather, and I'm a little bit hungover, um, <laughs> admittedly, uh, I'm pretty good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing right. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah. So uh we're we're just gonna jump right into it, like I said that, uh, and and after you after we get through this stuff, we'll we'll get into the meat of the episode. But um, I know you've got a couple things that you want to talk about as far as in the news segment. What uh, what have you been hearing, or what, what have you been seeing?
1: Well, Mickey? there's just a couple of shows that I've gotten really into. It's more along the serial killer genre, I guess. If if that's a there's. A- is serial killers a genre? I think,
0: yeah, or true crime. Yeah, I don't that, know how, that's how probably they, better. Yeah. yeah,
1: calling serial killers a genre seems creepy. But um American Horror Story has been a—it's a show that's been around for oh, yeah. eight or nine yep. seasons now. Um This year, it's because and each season is individual from all the other ones; they don't tie together at all. But this one, it's called 1984, and I just wanted to mention that it started started on Wednesday, September 18th, and it airs on at 9 p.m. on FX. Um, and then there's another show that's just pre- just premiered. It's about a guy whose dad is a serial killer, and he actually works for the NYPD, you know, chasing down serial right. killers. So right. it's also right up my alley. It started yeah. on Monday, uh, September 23rd, and it airs at 8 p.m. on Fox at WLUK. So what
0: what was the name of that one? Again? That oh
1: sorry, yeah, that one's called Prodigal Son. It's okay. it's really good. I think there's been three or four episodes now, and they're it's really reeled me in. So.
0: Yeah, and I I've seen some some previews for The Prodigal Son. That does look like a good one. American Horror Story. I think uh, it, it's interesting. It's kind of ironically enough, like the Joker. There's certain yeah. parts of it are just like, oh man, that's really raw and 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 harsh. Um, but oh, it gets cause, creepy. Because yeah. we started, I Mikhail and I started watching it, and it was uh, I think we got through the first season and then part of the second season, and I, we thought the first season was really good, and we were. That's what I heard. You know, I
1: never watched it,
0: but but uh, but yeah. So that that definitely. Um, yeah, I guess uh, the Joker came out. That's not really new news. But as far as DC world is concerned, uh, the uh, Birds of Prey, which is Margie Roberts and some other, uh, I think some pretty well-known, at least one or two other well-known actresses uh, are are part of this like team up girl uh, movie that uh, is all about uh, girl power. It's in, it's in the DC. Yeah, it's in the DC universe. And that's coming out. It's actually going to be one of the first or the first superhero movie in uh, 2020. Um, And let's see what else. Apparently Spider-Man is back. We (laughs) can't keep up with it. I'm sorry, guys. Apparently spider Man's back in the MCU. So So I think we need to just make a web page that kind of like when the Packers were undefeated, it's like it just you log in and it's just one question. Are the Packers undefeated? It just says yes. (laughs) And so for how many weeks they were able to do that. I think basically we just need to have a website that says, is Spider-Man in the MCU? And then daily we can check it and is just, yes, it's- no. Uh, but, but yeah, they uh, apparently, uh, I don't know. They've, they struck a deal now where they are going to for sure be making a third Spider-Man um, and he will be in the MCU. And so that's, awesome that's exciting. Yeah, it's good really news, good. but it's, it's like I said, definitely so hard opera. to keep up with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as any other new stuff, uh, it, we've talked about it at nauseum. That uh, we're excited about what's going to be happening with um, the Disney Plus that'll be coming out November twelfth. Um, there's the Batwoman CW show. Yeah, that looks kind of interesting. Um, that yeah, definitely a different kind of spin and exploring a character that you wouldn't normally see. Uh, so I, I, I'm interested in that. Um, Walking Dead started up yep, again. Yep. Uh, so that that ep- uh, as we're recording tonight, uh, tonight the episode Number two, two will yep. come out. Um, so that's always exciting to see see what they do with that movie or that TV show. Um, trying to think if there's anything else really that uh, that is noteworthy uh, as far as new things that are happening. Um, anything else that you can think of no. off the top of your head? No, no not really. Um, and if we think of something, we'll we'll definitely mention it later or in a different episode. Uh, but yeah, I uh, wanted to also uh, just. Uh, follow up with Corrections Corner. Uh, I talked about it a couple times as far as the uh, Sinister Six, and I never really gave a definitive. This is wh- who they, they are. They are. Yeah. I knew one or two of the characters. Mickey, you looked it up. Who? So who's all
1: involved in that in the original comics? Um, it was Doctor Octopus, electra craven the Hunter, Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. That's okay. the Sinister Six, so. and that
0: makes sense. That, that, that the, the the Sinister Six is, is a Spider Man group of villains, kind of like uh, if anybody's ever heard the term Rogues Gallery, uh, that like yeah. Batman's Rogues Gallery, like it's kind of the same thing as like his Spider Man's main villains. and the that they the, the possibilities of that being a movie like Spider Man Sinister Six, where they all team up and and work together, so that would be that'd be interesting. Um, Along the lines of Suicide. But yeah, along the lines, exactly a suicide squad where he's gotta but he, then he's gotta fight all these these villains at once. Um yeah, and then I guess that's that's pretty much it for as far as new news or things that are and any are corrections. Happening. We've
1: been pretty good about correcting ourselves as the yeah. episode goes on. Let so us
0: know if you if you hear catch anything any mistakes. Catch any mistakes.
1: Uh did get
0: another fan mail today, so or not today, but earlier. So uh, wanna wanna address that. as uh, it's actually one of my, my other friends, uh, uh Ben. And, uh, I, I, he's, he's not super on Facebook and him and his wife don't really keep up with this. So that's where we're advertising or I guess advertising, mean, promote posting about this. We don't really talk about it anywhere else as far as social media. So, uh, I sent him the link and he started listening. And so this is, this is from him, uh, word for word. Uh, his subject line is fangirling explanation point. Uh, congrats on getting the show off to a, off the ground gents, so far you really really enjoying the content content. You have Clark Kent? Blah, 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 blah. You you both you have both done an excellent job of creating an outline for each yet making the show feel informal and off the cut. And we're good at that. We we'd love to know what he he would love to know what each of your most valuable or favorite collection is. Um so I would I would say I don't continue the rest of this email in a, in a little bit but I would, I can start out. If you got to think about it a little bit, I'll start out. I've got quite a few questions. I'll have two two ways to answer that. One, most valuable or favorite, most favorite one piece in your collection of anything. And then number two, as far as if you have multiple collections, what is your favorite collection? Sure. Um, So I'll start off. I mean, anybody that's uh, kind of hung out with me or seen what I've interested in, uh, Funko makes a product called Pops, and I uh, I've definitely clinged on to that as far as like enjoying to collect those, and as far as a collection, that's definitely my number one. I try to keep up with that and what's new that's coming out, and how how that's all uh, being uh, you know the, how they're showing new characters and new movies and and things like that. So that's definitely my number one for right now. I would say my number one uh, piece in my collection. Uh, there there was a, a giveaway that I I actually won off a different podcast with all the podcast hosts signed the pop and it's it's a Freddy Funko which is their uh their mascot and they they all signed the outside of the box which was you know that that really i think one of my favorite in my collection otherwise i got a couple really cool captain america pops right now uh there are they are coming out with a 19 inch Batman. I think that'll definitely be one of my crown jewels It'll when, when I get that, that one. They'll take it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be massive. But uh, when that comes out, definitely, definitely gonna make sure I get a get one of those. And that'll be that'll be a cool thing to add to my collection. But I guess Mickey. Uh, this might be one of the first times somebody's actually like directly asked us. Like a yeah, question? On I the, the out I get. Oh, my collection. There might have been there, especially about our collections. But I guess what for you in terms of what you collect? What what is your favorite? Or
1: well, just to give you an idea of, because scattered throughout my house, um, I've got collections all over the place. First of all, I've got a shot glass collection for all different places, states, and countries and cities that I've, I've visited. Um, I have uh, various cartoon glasses, including like Star Wars and Flintstones and yep. Warner Brothers characters. Um, I have. Uh, the action figures from the entire attack of the clones Oh yes I, like literally every action figure that they put out still in box and i know they probably don't have a lot of value cuz nobody liked that movie but that's why i'm thinking i might have a gold mine cuz nobody else collected them
0: who who made that? was that a kenner Because uh, i think kenner was back later kenner right? was
1: originally doing it but I, I do believe hasbro had a hasbro lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay yep yep and okay. then and then i've got these plaster houses in a little curio cabinet in my living room that I've been collecting because I was, you know, interested in architecture and stuff. So Right. And
0: uh, I mean, and, and I might be oversimplifying it, but those are very similar to like those like Christmas villages that you yeah, see. Along right? yeah. Lines, like, yeah, along those lines. They're a little,
1: that. they're more intricate and a little more detailed. Right. Than they're actually right. a smaller scale, but. Right. I would say of my, fi- it's hard to, they're like all my children. I, <laughs> right. I, I can't pick a but, favorite, but, but yeah. I would <laughs> say my, because I'm a, I'm a dork, I'm a geek. I would say my action figures collection because it's, it's complete. Right. That, right. that's probably my my proudest one and as far as individual piece i would say my star wars cartoon glasses okay um that's probably my favorite i mean they're not they don't have a whole lot of value but i just right. i i had them as a child so i went and got them again as an adult and I okay
0: cool because yeah. i'm a geek yeah and 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 you, if you talk to any collector the most valuable one in their collection in terms of what their value they put on it doesn't necessarily translate to the monetary value that yeah. that thing holds like it's there's something that there value. might be like say, this is very you know this there's a reason why this xyz thing is emotionally i'm you know i you know attached in some sort of way but also just this is the reason why and there's a backstory how i got this i had to go cross to the other states or where i got this <laughs> in a trip hunt. and i found this at a thrift shop and it was like you know the thing that I really wanted and I finally found, you know, so it doesn't necessarily, it could be worth five bucks or it could be worth 500 bucks. It just means more to you. And and we definitely have not explored that end of the uh, pop culture. We're definitely going to want to do an episode in the future about collections and and dive into that a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, so that's a great, great question, Ben, if anybody, Monty and Mickey at gmail.com M O N T Y A N D M I C K E Y -Y. at at gmail.com. Uh, so feel free to send any other questions that you have. Um, so we're going to get into something. We're going to kind of reveal, you know, behind the curtain some more of of what, what goes on and to get this podcast where it needs to be. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying all that is like a, you know, hurt, like almost sobbing uh, tone is the last thing that Ben had said, and this has nothing to do with us being, you know, sad or whatever that ben said this but this is this is where this is coming from he said one tip i have is either get mickey his own mic or get him closer to the mic during the podcast it sounds like he's five to ten feet away from the mic and it could
1: be hard to hear him keep up the great work i look forward to following along it's just strange first of all because my whole life i've never been told i'm quiet so it's, it's just weird to hear that kind of thing because I'm loud. I have a voice. that can tr- travel through walls. And
0: we try to listen to our content before. So this isn't something like – exactly. Mickey is not somebody who – Not be a mousey quiet or, person, no. So we listen to the podcast, and we realize that. It's like, man, what do we do? Uh, you know, And we thought that it was a mic problem. We only had one mic up until recently. Um, so we're both trying to record off the one mic. So uh, long story short, uh, my – my awesome wife, which I anniversary is tomorrow, two years if you can believe that. Happy anniversary! Thank you. Uh, so if you can believe that, my beautiful, wonderful, amazing wife, uh, she actually she's not even in the room, he's genuinely saying that she's gonna listen
1: to this. <laughs> she, she uh, will.
0: Yeah, uh, um, but she got us uh, got me a second mic as far as part of the anniversary present. So, needless to say, like I said. Uh, short, uh, long story short, I was testing it out, trying to figure out what was going on. If we could use both mics, how we could use both mics,
1: and we've had this mic the entire time we've, we've been, been doing using this podcast. mic for like,
0: yeah, the first well, two episodes.
1: Yeah, we've had it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry,
0: we had the mic, <laughs> guys. What I realized was I had the wrong adapter for my phone. You heard that right. The mic was never on. The one mic that we had was not on. Doing
1: this.
0: The entire time. The entire time. And we, neither one the last us, couple episodes.
1: Neither one of us figured it out until recently. So
0: either you, the fans, are just that nice to us and it's been dead air for the past couple episodes of, hey, the, the, the title alone just really hooked me. And then I just listened to an hour and a half of the silence. silence or. The mic on the phone was picking up everything. So us two idiots were sitting there with a mic in front of our face and all that was picking it up. <laughs> the reason why Mickey was sounding so soft and quiet was because the microphone or the uh, the phone was sitting on the table in front of me, not in front of him. So we leaned and contorted this microphone to try to get it closer to him and still be. It was all coming all of the audio is being picked up from the mic from our phone. So just
1: more proof that we are geeks and idiots. I'll give you a yeah. second you're <laughs> I'll
0: give you a second to to laugh hysterically at that. Um, but now if you notice, Mickey probably sounds a little better because he's got his own microphone. You might so. be sorry, because you can probably hear my you voice can hear a, than you want you to can hear. All that being said, uh, we had to do some kind of uh, finagling to get the the call into work, so it's not going to be the greatest quality on this segment that's coming up in a little bit. But going forward with the normal segments, we, you should be able to hear Mickey's voice voice better. So again, thank you, Ben, for bringing that up, and it's definitely something that we were trying, we we're struggling with. And now we found out the reason why. Hey, so, we're always improving
1: the show, if nothing
0: yeah, else. Exactly. You'll, you'll, you'll hear this episode, you're like, wow, they really sound good. They must have really invested a lot. Nah, they just figured. Just out less stupid the, than the last the, one. The adapter was wrong. So, <laughs> But anyways, uh, yeah, so the like I said, this episode is going to be all about Joker, uh, the movie. So without further ado, here's, uh, here's our uh, conversation with uh, Ryan earlier. Hope you enjoy. So we're doing something a little bit differently today uh we actually had uh, a good friend of mine uh call in uh and uh he wanted to give some of his thoughts on the joker as well uh so the main part of our segment today is going to be monty mickey and ryan uh one of like i said one of my friends will be we'll all be talking and uh kind of giving giving our thoughts and bouncing some ideas back and forth uh the the reason why we decided to do it this way actually was uh, funny enough, Ryan actually called me before we were able to watch the Joker, and he just had a lot of really good ideas and thoughts on the, the movie that I wanted to make sure that I shared with with the rest of you guys that are, are listening to this podcast. And so, uh, so yeah, so welcome to the show, Ryan. Welcome. Ah, it's good
1: to be
2: here. <laughs> uh,
0: so I I know we've given our background a little bit about like what uh, what we like, what we enjoy, what kind of movies we like. Um, I guess can you can you walk us through i guess what what made you interested in the joker in the first place like clearly you have like a dc you know comic some comic book interest correct what
1: are your turn-ons and (laughs) hobbies
2: (laughs) i am obviously not as well connected to the mcu or dc universe as you two um i have shared some nice comic book conversations with monty over here but um like I said, not, not as deep in as you guys. I, I really haven't even seen much of the um, Marvel movies, but I have always been a Batman fan and was just kind of interested after you see kind of how the Dark Knight went and just kind of another movie in that realm. Because I haven't had much interest in kind of the Aquaman movies and the Justice yeah, League. It's just right. kind of tying to the, the core, I guess, in my opinion, is... Batman on the DC side. So I was like, of course I've got to see this. And everyone's wondering when you go in is how does it compare to Heath Ledger? Is it, is it better? Is it kind of a cheap imitation and interesting enough? I went in to see the movie when I called uh Monty and I was like, you know, I hadn't heard any reviews. It's kind of tough not to hear reviews, but when you go in this, I've got kind of the uh streaming cable where you don't really get as many commercials as you'd think it's always the same commercial about 50 times so i went in not knowing anything about this movie good or bad what critics are saying where it takes place timeline i just knew it was about the joker and uh walking phoenix was playing him that's all i knew that's kind of cool yeah it was kind of
1: cool you had no knowledge either way so you couldn't have a biased opinion at all. that
2: was awesome it's it's almost like you, you can't do that for any movie so to do it for kind of an anticipated movie Made it even cooler. So that was when I was spilling my guts to him on the phone. After I was like, "I love
1: all geeked up." He said, "You got man, that's
2: awesome." So yeah, that's a, a little bit about how I ended up seeing this and how I started spewing my thoughts over the phone, and trying to catch everything without giving him spoilers. So. <laughs> and and for those of you
0: that like really might might have listened to the Dark Knight episode, the the person that I was referring to that said. When I when I watched uh, before cause he had watched The Dark Knight Rises before me and how they were they were different and you can't really compare the two movies. This the, Brian was the one who said so spoiler, he, he, he has been involved in the, the movies and has been we've had these discussions in the past, so he's he's not like just some random guy off the street that we're like, Hey, uh, you wanna you wanna kill <laughs>
1: We're sick sometime? of each other, can you join us? Yeah. <laughs> so so you, so I just want to ask you you mentioned the Heath Ledger comparison what what was your thoughts on that Who do you think
2: do you think they both did a good job what do you what do you think about that overall so that was kind of one of the leading things that I was saying to Monty was so when I watched it obviously you're comparing the whole time it's like okay yep. and I was thinking in the dark night ledger is pretty much this criminal mastermind that seems like even when you think that you're kind of onto his plan, he's two steps ahead of you and you're not going to find out about it until the movie plays out and watching Phoenix's Joker. I was thinking, you know, his mannerisms are, are kind of kid-like meaning he, he mm-hmm. where, how has this guy become a criminal mastermind of anything other than just a psychopath? And yeah, he was just kind of awkward. And everything. Yeah. And, and like you said, Monty, that, It's like this movie could have been, if you kind of took the the Batman elements out of it, could have been a standalone movie on its own about a guy that just kind of lost his way into his mental illness. But when they put the Batman stamp on it and it takes place in uh, Gotham City, it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to make those comparisons. So how does the Joker become this crazy criminal mastermind? And I was struggling with with that most of the movie. And then by the end of the movie, I started to think, this is exciting because these could take place this joker could lead into heath ledger's joker because because that's a good all of the childish actions he had kind of went away and you started to realize he's not as oblivious to the world around him as i was thinking he well and he earned
1: you could see him learn confidence yeah at the end too the way he's dancing around and all of a sudden oh people are following me now yeah and he even made a comment to his
0: psychiatrist and right before, I think it was right before they cut the funding and she was like, yeah, we're going to, I'm not going to be able to meet with you anymore. He did make a comment that like, I didn't ever feel alive or anything. Yeah. And now I feel like I have a purpose or I don't know exactly the line. But I've never been like, happy
1: a day in my life. Or something yeah. Longer.
0: Yeah. And like, basically that he, he had this, this kind of shot of energy in by, by committing these murders uh, on the subway like so. a
1: typical sociopath would I mean right.
0: Yeah. right that these people that are doing these killings it's it's not you know you, you kind of you, you look at the different ways people kill people and this this guy this this joker character and a lot of serial killers it's like they're getting off on it like they're not like they're they're enjoying it to a certain extent like it's not like about like they don't think about it in terms of like killing in terms of like taking a life maybe at a certain like you know level they do but it's more of like it's like a it's a high it's like a it's like getting a hit on a drug almost what they're
2: filling a void too right exactly that's what it seemed like for him because I I forget the exact scene but what he said that he was talking to someone and he was like what surprised me about killing those men in the subway is that I didn't feel anything yeah yeah that's right right and it's like okay well if he wasn't doing it for the feeling he was definitely doing it because he now felt like he existed he said
1: yeah like he had some power and a voice now yeah all of a sudden
2: yeah
1: yeah he, he did he
0: was doing something that gave him
1: his life meaning and
0: i think that that yeah definitely plays into that and i think that you look at a lot of mental illness and, and things where it gets to that level that that bad where people are mentally ill and then violently committing crimes it's usually because up until that point they didn't really have a purpose in their life or they didn't feel like they had a purpose.
1: Well, that's, life. and that's what caused them to go to the dark side. Right. For lack of another term anyway, you know, exactly. Just feeling exactly. like
2: the world's been beaten down on them. Yeah. And a lot, yep. a lot of the stuff seemed to happen after he was off his meds. As soon as they stopped giving him the yes, meds, right. he now wasn't living in this delusional world and he saw the world for what it was, where he was, like you said, you think he's oblivious, but before he had the incident in his interview, he had said to him, like, you know, I knew you were laughing at me. That's why you brought me on the show, is to make fun of me, not to promote, like, my comedy. So he's not completely oblivious. He knows when people are kicking he's
1: not clueless. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that's what made me start to think, this isn't a completely different Joker from Ledger. This is just 20 years early. Because, you know, you see Bruce Young. So it's like, this guy, if played out, could totally just butt right up against Heath Ledger's joker.
1: That's a good point. I never thought of that. But, And like you said, once you got off the meds, he said, I actually feel good now for the first time. Yeah. I said something along those lines. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, he actually said that to his, uh, I think when his the co-workers came over, he said, I'm, I'm not taking my meds anymore. And I, you know, I feel good. And I don't like, you know, a lot of times when they talk about those types of medications, everything seems like fuzzy. And
2: mm-hmm. like he, he was
0: saying that. Like but, they're numb. Like, yeah. Right. So, so to,
2: just yeah, I, I had one more thought because when you said to his coworkers about the meds, so one thing I was thinking more about after the fact was his body language. I don't know if you guys noticed that one scene where he's kind of like lacing up his shoes in the locker room when he was still had employed as a clown. In his back, mm-hmm. the director focused on his back, and he wasn't just kind of straight back. So you could see all the bones in his rib cage, and his shoulders weren't right. Oh, his
1: shoulder blade was high above his shoulder. Yeah,
2: they were focusing so weird on his posture, and he was always kind of leaning over, and he's just always uncomfortable. He never stood normal. And then all of a sudden, when he finally had the confidence, he's dancing on the stairs, and everything's above his head and his hands, and now he's kind of like bigger than life, like, look at me. And he stops crouching and kind of curled into a ball. So his posture changes throughout the movie.
1: He even carries himself with more confidence body-wise. Yeah, that's a good point. I saw something that
0: Joaquin Phoenix actually lost like 40 or 50 pounds. He had yeah, crazy. His
1: body looked just kind of malnourished yeah.
0: which is which is very much like if like the Joker character like in the comics and you know video games and everything like he is portrayed as like a real thin oh, skinny yeah. guy like so that that really I think that played into it. Um, but no, I was just going to do a quick recap of the kind of movie that Mickey and I kind of talked through some things. We already touched on some of this stuff, but essentially uh, I think what we're trying to be led to believe is the, like 1980s Gotham uh, and they kind of, you know, you he things over the radio about the garbage strikes and how bad it is out there and everything else. And you start to really see his, how, how crappy he has it. He gets beat up by the gang of, you know, boys and he, he loses his job and he has all these things. And one thing leads to another, and then he starts digging into what is going on with his mom. And after his mom is on her deathbed, literally, he goes and confronts, tries to confront Thomas Wayne and um, then eventually finds out that he was, and and this is all, and we're definitely going to dive into this a little bit more, but. Uh, what was actually real, and what was him just making things up in his head? Because there was definitely a blurred line for that.
1: Well, like when he was um, dating that girl, I yeah. read,
0: Right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I was like, good for you, man. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, but I, so yeah, so then he finds out that he was adopted and that there was this whole situation with his mom and how she put him in bad situations with abusive boyfriends. And then he kind of like, then that switch really goes full throttle and he starts, you know, kind of getting ready for this interview and he ends up killing one of his coworkers that comes over and then interview happens. He kills the radio show hope. Oh God, I didn't even think of this. We'll, we'll make sure that we, uh, we do this in the future, but spoilers. If you haven't listened to them, watch the movie yet, please don't listen. Uh, people probably have uh, figured it out. Really, yeah, hopefully you figured it out by now. But Although um, maybe our listeners aren't all that bright. Yeah, as some podcast hosts will say, if you went into this completely blind and just hit autoplay and haven't listened to what our episode, this is what we're talking about. We're sorry. <laughs> we apologize. Um, but but anyways, yeah. So he kills the talk show host. He has that whole thing happen to him, and then they pull him out of the car. Uh, and, and he's got this like rally of people behind him. You get to see the origin story of Batman in a different light in a different, a different way. And then it ends with him being in a psychiatric ward where it's not clear whether or not he, I mean, I think that the idea was that he killed that lady in the end and then mm-hmm. was walking around free. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, I guess let's just start right away with what was real and what wasn't real. Um, one of the things I want to point out, and I always like to make these comparisons, I love IMDb uh, because I love seeing what actors and actresses were in what movies. First of all, Thomas Wayne, uh, the reason he might look familiar is he was actually one of the um, police officers in The Dark Knight Rises. No kidding. That that actor played, uh, I don't know his name or anything, but yes. Uh, and I think that they, the character of Thomas Wayne was just really interesting anyways, because he was kind of shown as this like elite, you know, uh, asshole. Yeah, that, kind lack of a better word. I don't know if we got to put a elitist explicit yeah. rating on her. Yeah. podcast I um,
2: Butthole, but, butthole, <laughs> a
0: big butthole. And so he he was just kind of shown in a different light, which obviously played into all the struggles that the Joker was going through that this this uh, guy was having to deal with. So, but that character, and then um, also the girlfriend or fake girlfriend of the joker uh, was uh the girl who played domino in deadpool too really yeah so that's kind I of found cool her attractive yeah, yeah. those
1: are my favorite movies so. right
0: right so uh so yeah i thought that was and obviously joaquin phoenix has been in a couple of really good movies um and i think that he did a great job and, you know it, it's interesting to see him because like really the last movie that i seen him in was the gladiator and I haven't really seen him in anything oh, yeah. since then, but I know he's been in other That's movies. That's been a while, too. Um, Ryan, you were talking about Her. as like I mean, That was
2: a good movie. Yeah. Movie. It was, I was thinking about how versatile he is as an actress. I don't really yeah. pay attention to him much, but you, you said Gladiator. That's kind of what I think of first, and Gladiator right. is actually on a couple nights after I saw The Joker, and all of a sudden I'm trying to pay attention to him more than I ever thought I would, and he's got that scene where he screams. It's like, am I not merciful? Right, if you if right. you remember that scene, I'm just thinking, man, yeah. I I'm not convinced that this was the guy that played the Joker now, and I just saw that movie yes. recently. It's like this guy is just different people. And
1: have you ever seen Walk the Line? Yeah, wow, that too, Johnny, I, Oh my God, did he
2: nail? that. I forgot about he was that. So
1: good in that. Oh, he and he was so good. I mean, yeah, like you said, that shows his versatility like crazy. Wow, um, I and, about that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: One of the things that I like to bring up, and I and I said this about, I think I've said this about Heath Ledger, and um, help me out, Ryan. I, I, this is a thing common in our podcast. I always forget names. What is the name of the guy that played the Joker in uh, Suicide Squad? Jared Leto.
2: Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. Yes,
0: because I I knew you you that he's like wasn't he like a in a band or something? Yeah, isn't
2: he 30 Seconds to Mars? you're the lead singer that's, or... yeah, Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. So, but anyways. Well, you're
1: so... making us smarter already, Ryan. Thank for joining us.
2: I, I haven't seen uh-huh. Suicide Squad. <laughs> I have no opinion <laughs> on him as the Joker, but that's... Who and, yet, he... and yet you still know more than... That's who he is. is.
1: Um,
0: but what I was going to say is that I might even have mentioned it about his character as the Joker. Um, and I think that a lot of reoccurring characters and movies and TV shows get reboot, which honestly... I, uh, comic books are the most common that that happens uh, sure. you, know, you have a re- a character that you've seen and then it's rebooted in a different way and it's but it's the same core character what i love about the joker in particular and the way that all the jokers have played that character is when you go into a character like that you don't want to be a carbon copy of who came before you and they intentionally did certain things to not make him a carbon copy of heath ledger because let's be honest the Suicide Squad, Jared Leto, he was not received well. They didn't really like that version of the Joker. But what is great about the way that that he did it, and I'd say even Jared Leto, but he did it the way Heath Ledger did it, the way Jack Nicholson did it, with Jack Nicholson was pretty much starting from scratch. He had some, you know, with the early TV shows, the playoff. Of. But he puts his own spin on everything anyway, he's sick. That's exactly what I was going to say, though, is each one of them put their own spin on who the Joker is. In other words, if you look at this character of Joaquin Phoenix, you can look at it and say, that is 100% the Joker, no questions yeah. asked. Simultaneously, you can say, that is 100% jo- uh, Joaquin Phoenix's version of the Joker. Because the, what makes it good for me is, you know that that's the Joker, but they make it their own. Mm-hmm. Like this character, he embodied the character, but it was his character. Now, granted, like I said, you could make a ton of comparisons between him and Heath Ledger, but when you look at Heath Ledger and you listen to him laugh or him act, it's that's Heath Ledger. This is Joaquin Phoenix, which is not a bad thing. And I and I like to to say like any like and that's not taking
1: anything away from Heath Ledger's performance. It's just that they're different, and that's good. Well, and but having said all that, which I completely agree with, it's also like Ryan said, basically Joaquin Phoenix's version could have been 20 years prior. Right. Like a prequel, That's true. And then it leads in I never I never thought of that like I said but it could lead right into what Heath Ledger gave Absolutely. To us, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And yeah. I yeah, and I agree that there there was definitely
0: uh, you could draw parallels between the two and how they how they acted, but I just I liked that When when actors do that, I think that shows a sign of like a really good actor is like well they become the character like you said
1: in in the car
0: right and and they and they get their own you know but but it's like the character but then they also put their own
2: spin on it and makes it I guess he did research on what it really looks like when people have a kind of nervous laugh that's uncontrolled like people that really have that condition he was watching videos of people laughing so that he could duplicate that laugh oh I believe it. Cause he does a really convincing job and you see the struggle. Like I can't yeah. even imagine, I don't, I don't claim to be any actor in any way, but it's like, how do you laugh also kind of look like you're about to cry and cough. Like you're yeah. trying to stop the laugh when you know that you just laughed on command because the director yeah, said, shoot like- now, laugh." like, how do you convey that?
1: And that's what we kind of mentioned right after we saw the movie, just you could see he was trying to hide tears with his laughter. Cause like you said, you could see all over his face he was in pain, but that laughter is trying to make it seem like he's not. You know?
2: Which is why I, like I think my step. favorite scene is probably the opening scene where he's putting his clown makeup on, and you see a tear kind of ruin his makeup, and he just yep. paints yeah. the brush right over it.
1: That was very symbolic. Yeah, right. like
2: right. I thought that was so I, cool. I, agree. I yeah,
0: that was that definitely like set the stage for what this movie was going to be about, and I also I liked the twist that they did where it's like Heath Ledger did like his laughing and whatever, but it was kind of maniacal, maniacal, maniacal. And it kind of like, just to be creepy, this version of the Joker, like this is his condition. Like you probably could chalk a lot of what happened up to his brain damage and things that were happening in his early childhood and the mental, uh, you know, just the mental health, you can you could look back at it was like oh wow well like this kid got beat up and like things happened and he's laughing as like a nervous tick not because he's just doing it as like this is his catchphrase or this is the yeah. way that he like kind of like creeps people out like this is it's it's it's, it's a self-defense interesting man. yeah like that, that it was like a reaction to an awkward situation like that's that it's a condition it's not a oh, I'm just going to laugh at this because I'm sick and twisted and think it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm laughing at this because I have a serious physical condition that's tied directly to my mental health. Well,
1: and if he does think it's sick and twisted and funny, it's because of these things that have happened to him in his past. Like, right. like a lot of these serial killer books that I've read. They There's certain certain physical abnormalities that they're born with in the first place, but then that blended together with a horrible lit home environment and you know abuse and emotionally and physically and all that kind of stuff ends up leading these people to become sociopaths where they can do horrific, horrific
2: things, you know? Right. And he showed that perfectly. I, I thought he nailed it. Yeah. The things he even thinks are funny. He, he, th- he awkwardly laughs and you can see when he's in pain, trying to not laugh. So he's socially aware enough to know people think I'm laughing yeah. and I shouldn't be, but he yeah. also laughs at things that aren't socially funny. Like he thinks traumatic things are funny
0: right when he was sitting in that that uh, um, that club and he's laughing at certain things like he was laughing at times when like nobody else was laughing at, yeah you know um but yeah exactly with that with that whole condition like I, I thought it was interesting how he had um a card that he yeah. would give to people like it's it i mean that laminated. makes so much sense. was laminated yeah. and everything it makes so much sense though because like if you're if you're somebody who's in that condition and like, I, I can only imagine, you know, if you have a child that's got something that, that's suffering from that, like you want to be able to convey in a short amount of time in a way that makes sense when you're probably having this episode, and you can't talk, you can't physically speak and explain yourself, that it's easy to just hand somebody this card and say, this is why I'm doing this. I'm not laughing at you. I don't think the situation is funny. I have this condition. Because
1: people will be offended. And people, yeah. Otherwise, These people,
0: yeah. If people don't understand, they don't know. So to be able to have that, I, I, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. It kind of it kind of reminds me. Obviously, like this is this is a way on different ends of the spectrum. But I know that you see Halloween coming up and everything right now. They talk about like uh, certain certain uh, kids or even like older adults who have uh, some kind of uh, a mental. Uh, handicap or disorder that they'll actually carry a blue pumpkin instead. And that's kind oh. of like to tip you off. Like if you're handing out candy, is like, this isn't just, you know, some old older kid who's just trying to get candy. Like this kid has something. So like be aware of that. Well, opinion. and that's,
1: that's, that's a good point. I was thinking, this is a nice, it makes us all aware of what mental illness can do. And right. I mean, I, from some of the reviews I read, people are all up in arms because that's what people have to do. Just basically oh, is mental illness. Does it lead to, villainy and all that stuff it's like no this is an extreme case it's fictional for god's sake but i mean this is the kind of things that people with true mental illness have to deal with and you could see that struggle that he went through until he just kind of snapped and went overboard (laughs) not everybody does that but it brings awareness to all of us it
2: it wasn't his mental illness that pushed him there it's how people treated him with his mental illness. exactly exactly yep it's like even when he was laughing and then he he was trying to kind of play with that little girl on the the bus when he was trying to make her laugh. That would be a normal thing you would see, but because he started laughing, the mom felt freaked out. And all of a sudden now he's a creep on a bus. It's like, who hasn't smiled at a kid?
1: Exactly. I didn't like her response at all. I thought, what a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: And yeah. And that's, you just saw
0: that over and over again in this movie. He just like, he just could not catch a break. I mean, from the very beginning, I mean, his coworkers are kind of making fun of him, and then he gets beat up by those other kids, and then he's got to defend himself on the bus or on, on the subway, and then he's on the bus and people are saying stuff to him. And what like, you feel for the guy throughout the whole movie, right? And that's one of the things that oh, I think we might have mentioned earlier. But this this character, you focus directly on the Joker throughout the entire movie, as opposed to like if you've ever seen like Lucky Number Eleven or even like the Hannibal movies, like they're like it's a serial killer movie that cops you're following the cops as they're trying to solve
2: Mm
0: -hmm. honestly the cops were completely irrelevant in this movie Mm -hmm. you 100 of your time were focused on what arthur was doing and how he was interacting with other people along the lines of the show dexter that was on showtime exactly i love that yeah
2: which is what made dexter so different and yeah addicting as you're seeing it through the eyes of the crazy person and in dexter's case sometimes rooting on the crazy person it's like why yeah, am i rooting, rooting dexter the, on
1: exactly you're rooting for the serial killer yeah
0: right and that's that's what i think also made this movie unique is that you know most serial killers are cop dramas like boil them down to it that's kind of what they are they're like kind Law of detective you know mystery type of comic our uh, uh, book, uh movie but it's it's different because you're focusing 100% on him and you don't, it's not at any point, like you go to the Gotham city PD and like commissioner Gordon's in there and like, man, we got to catch this Joker guy. Like, it doesn't matter. Like that has nothing to do with the story. Like just as much as like Batman and his family clearly have a lot to do with the story, but really like in the end of the day, like Bruce Wayne could have been completely taken out of this and it would have been just as good as a movie. Like, It it added to it, and I think it definitely allowed it to be more than just a serial killer movie. But it was primarily a biography of sorts about a guy who is a serial killer who has mental like that's the focus, not the cops trying to find him, which turns a
1: lot of the normal serial killer movies on their head. Well, and it almost had a feel that they had to include. I mean, they show Bruce Wayne as a child, and you know, and his dad. It's almost like they had to include that to let you know, oh, yeah, this is leading up to the Batman, you know, right. drama. They just had to include that almost like as a side note almost. Right. Exactly. I, so
2: I thought it was interesting. So when I made that first call to Monty after I saw it and we, we talked about how you think, <clears throat> OK, well, that's Bruce Wayne. We all know he's going to be Batman. So if Batman turns out to be this ultra righteous man, his dad must have been a saint to kind of put that on him and you see that he's like this shady politician and you're like, that yeah. doesn't fit what I thought his dad would have been like.
1: Yeah. He looked like an elitist prick. Yeah. What he said. yeah. And you're kind yeah.
2: of filling yeah. in the gaps of kind of the Batman universe that you never wondered or questioned about. The fact that they even give the Joker a name, Arthur Fleck, whoever knew what yeah. the Joker's name was. He was the Joker. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he was at one point in the comics or somewhere along the line like, Joe Cool or something, but, like, it never really, like, you never really know that. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. You never really focus on that because you're so focused on what Batman's doing that nobody really, you know, this is the first time that you really get to see um, I think the Killing Joke, that comic book, they kind of go back into his origin story, but he's got a line, I think, in the comic book. And anybody who knows comics more than me, physical comics more than me, would maybe should let us know, but um, he actually has a line that he likes to keep his past multiple choice. So oh, yeah. like he, he's not committed to this is what my, my past is, which also could lead to someone believing that the whole thing was just in his mind. And he's sitting in the padded cell in Arkham and this whole thing was just made up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. you that's also a, that far, yeah. a decent fan theory that he, this is all in his head and his origin story and everything else isn't really true. But I like to believe that this is like, these were real events. Parts of it obviously were not, but that that this was real events, and so it's it's interesting to see, like you said, that that kind of backstory of the Joker that we normally didn't care about or didn't dig into. Well, like Heath
1: Ledger had two or three different right. versions as to why he's gone, why he got his scars. And he, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean that
0: that kind of you see you see a version that allows you to have some sympathy in a weird way like you have mentioned and so i mean just going back to the whole scene where he's shooting those people on the subway so first of all uh 19 i think it's 1981 there were real garbage strikes in for like 17 days in new york city so they're they, they played a lot on real events of what was going on sure also there was another guy who did shot some people on a subway similar to the way that uh the joker does in this in this movie so they played on a lot of like real life events uh that guy ended up being they 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 kind of figured that he was racist and there were some other things that were wrong with that so obviously it's not a direct parallel but he was looked at as a hero initially and like that's kind of the joker was looked at as like oh he's putting these like rich guys that are you know, big buttholes in their place. And, and so he
1: represents the lower income kind
0: type of community. Right. Exactly. That he's, it's, it's them against us type of thing. But what's interesting, and this is just the way my mind works as, as he's going through all this is like anybody who like talks or anybody who would look at that situation, um, you know, unbiasedly and just, just look at what are the facts of how that situation literally if he would have stopped shooting after like the first or second shot he could have a claim for self-defense oh yeah definitely but that's not what he did
1: Mm -hmm. i mean
0: he shot
1: enjoying it both
0: guys and as they were like hey we're done we're we're done we're we're," you know he could have just held him up and, and been fine after he shot the first guy well not being fine he obviously would have there have been other things but he chases the guy down
1: well, you can, you can almost see the power that he felt in his eyes. Yeah, so like, exactly. Oh, I enjoy this.
2: Another thought on that scene. I I read it. I'd have to go back and watch the movie again. But when they're talking about hints where the narrator's kind of giving you clues that he might not be telling you the full truth. The gun they show Arthur with is a revolver, presumably six shots, but he fires seven in the subway before he realizes he's out. Yep. I wonder if that was a movie mistake or was that them sh- kind of giving a subtle hint that, you know, his, his sense of reality in terms of cause we're all getting the reality from him, which is why we all fell yeah. for the fact that he's dating this girl that he wasn't. And, yep. and they don't really have a lot of other conversations with a lot of people. It's so in his head that we don't have a reality check with anyone else. So you just trust what he's telling you. There's nothing to compare. Yeah. To, yeah. So Like, did it even go down the way that we thought? You know?
0: And I definitely, I definitely was doing the math in my head because, yeah, because he was given what, what should have been like a six, a six shot revolver. I mean, and yeah, he, he had one or two more rounds that he fired. So that, that does bring up a good point. And I think that that's purposely done sometimes. Maybe this was a a movie mistake because, you know, they don't make any mistakes on how that works on in the movies. And, but, um, it could have been a movie mistake, but it could have also been a subtle nod because I think part of it is you're trying to figure out what's real and what's fake in the first place. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that in a way that, um, kind of drops little hints is like, what's, what's going on. I, I mean, you look at some good movies that have done that before, like a fight club or anything else, but like little things are out of place. Yeah. And you're just like, that doesn't jot. So yeah, I think that's a good point is that we you Could question everything that well, and good.
1: that's even if it was a mistake, they're going to get away with it, right? Because of how the movie is portrayed, you know? Right? I'm going to throw it the out there. Hallucinations.
2: I think it was a mistake because,
1: yeah, I, I think yeah. that
2: the way they conveyed his character, if it was something that was to contribute to the plot, that would mean that we're supposed to not believe what happened. And if we don't believe what happened, that means that he probably walked in and shot people up unprovoked, if that's the opposite of what we saw. And he didn't seem like he had that in him. He didn't get his confidence until he stood up to someone else and pushed him over that ledge to where you can't come back. And Yeah,
1: nothing was premeditated.
2: Yeah. So I think that he had to have – it had to have played out that way, and there would be no kind of film benefit of, oh, we fell, fired a, a seventh shot. I wonder if the audience caught that. I think that was just yeah. a mistake. I think you're yeah. probably right. I but think, like I you think said,
1: so. they get away with
0: it because but, yeah. everything else is a hallucination. You know? Right, right. No, that was definitely – yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, definitely. What did you guys think of the character of uh, 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 his mom and how how that kind of her, her mental illness or her kind of instability played into that?
1: Well, at first, it seemed like she was just doing the best she could as a single mom, but then come to find out, she was basically enabling the abuse and all that stuff that happened to him, you know? So it's like, right. oh. And then he ends up killing her, and it's like, well, I can see, I can almost understand his severe feelings of resentment towards her, now right. that he found out that she was enabling all that kind of action towards him, you know?
0: Right. I didn't... And
1: also, a cr- c- c- crossover <laughs>
0: that's Barney
2: Stinson's mom, and how he's yeah. mother. Yeah, that's right. I did notice that. So. I didn't like how they showed her character, because how I took it was, yeah, she's the single mom, and kind of enabling his kind of almost mama boysness like yes take care of me give me the bath that he was and they kind of had a schedule where it almost seemed like he couldn't have a life outside of taking care of her which is its own kind of character relationship between the two but i don't know that that made her flat out crazy so they went they didn't drop strong enough hints leading up to the whole um batman's dad is your dad to hint towards she might be crazy. And then they just kind of dropped that bomb and it, it didn't seem like they led her character that way until they did. You know, and you,
1: you mentioned that, that relationship that they had um, from what I've learned of Ed Gein, remember him? Yes. Notorious Wisconsin serial killer. That's the kind of relationship he had with his mother, very subservient. And, you know, and even after she died, he left her room exactly as how it was because he had such an odd fascination with her or whatever, you know, or he was, You know, basically, she dominated his existence along the lines, like you said. So some of that stuff was based on how it really tends to go at times. Mm -hmm. And I I think
0: that kind of walking through that whole experience, because I that threw me for a loop when they when they start because I'm like, okay, hold on a second here. So he's reading the letter that she's writing to Thomas Wayne, right? And I'm like, I couldn't keep up with it. Maybe when I get the DVD or rent it or whatever, I'll like pause it and pause. actually read what yeah. it was Like It went a little quick for me. Yeah, there was
1: a lot but of essentially
0: words. what it was is that he was finding out that Thomas Wayne should be his dad, that he's the illegitimate child of his mother and Thomas Wayne. And I didn't, because I didn't read all that that quickly. I didn't really, like, I thought that's what they were hinting at. And then he says it to yeah. his mom and he's like, so he's my dad. And, da, 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 and she's like, I'm going to go find him. And so, that threw me for a loop because that is definitely new. And for a solid, what, 10 minutes of the movie, you're like, oh, my God. Bruce Wayne is the half-brother of the Joker? Joker. Yeah. That changes the
1: story exactly. a little. <laughs> like holy cow you know yeah it was cool just to have those thoughts yeah it's not the truth but right just to be able to think that way like oh my god the story's even
0: better than it was right like we're gonna wow that really flips the whole narrative of that relationship on its
1: head brother versus
2: brother right i get the sense that he thought his mom was a little crazy because how persistent she was of did my letter come did my letter come he was never rushing to go check the mailbox he was like no mom it didn't like he was just like going along with the story to the point where why else would I a mean, normal, the relationship they had, why would he have felt the need to read her outgoing letter to find what he did is he was yeah. kind of like going through the motions for pity. And then he's like, you're writing a letter to Mr. Wayne. Like, okay, what's this thing actually say? So I don't, right. yeah,
1: think, that's
2: true. I don't even think he it's took like her he seriously. Kinda looked
1: at her, yeah. He kind of looked at her Like she was kind of sad, and pathetic in those cases. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like I
0: said, that relationship was just complicated and interesting. And it um, that whole scene that he goes to the uh, uh, Wayne Wayne Manor and he's talking to Bruce Wayne, which like, I don't know, I got excited. Mickey probably heard me like whispering under my breath, but like as he's walking up and I'm like, yeah, that's Bruce Wayne. Oh my god. That's Bruce Wayne. I'm like like I'm like trying to figure this out and I'm like kinda like doing the math in my head and trying to figure out what's going on. And then he goes has that whole interaction where he like lifts his cheeks up and and like I'm like I think I even said it to him yeah, like as I as it was going on, I'm like, say your names first. Say your names first. So say I had to 'em first.
1: There was an awkward moment there between us at some point in the theater.
2: So like, god, oh my god. god I got you. It'll be okay. Yeah, they uh I love how they draw all the parallels. They keep driving towards that line, but they never cross it and be like, these are the same universe. So,
0: right.
2: And and then can we not, we have to address the age gap. How in the world is, they could have made Bruce older. That story doesn't change if they make Bruce a teenager in that same scene. Why did they make him so young? Because then it lends to like, okay, when Batman becomes Batman, he's maybe in his early thirties to be, Kind of doing what he's doing, so that makes kind of a twenty-year age gap, maybe. Yeah. How old is the the deal?
1: But on the other hand, I think he was approaching the kid, like you know, like you said, just trying to smile at a kid and be friendly to our kid. I think if he'd have been older than that, that first when he approaches him at the gate, might not have, you know, because it would have been two adults. It would have been kind of like this. Mentally ill guy just trying to be nice to a child. Yeah. I think they maybe wanted to portray right. that that's a little true. bit. And the other the other
0: thing they were trying to do is they wanted to fit in the Batman origin story of that whole they were walking down the aisle aisle, aisle alley and get shot. And that doesn't work if he's a teenager because if you wanna stay consistent, he was a little kid when yeah. it happened. Yeah. And so true. I think that was also part of that's it. That's a good But point. I agree with you. Yes. That that to me is is one of and there's very few of them but one of the continuity errors is that age difference oh, it's like that it, it doesn't, doesn't it doesn't really add up but but also i think it 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 was beautifully done to be able to allow for that story to be a part of this story which in reality is like like the joker and the batman that like their stories are interconnected but to be able to connect them even further like that it was one of these joker you know extremists that killed thomas wayne and his wife like because of directly because of what the joker did and how he uh interacted with the public and how he kind of got people rallied behind him and like that bruce wayne's death it was because of the joker is kind of a interesting i mean there's been you know in the 1989 batman it is the joker who kills his parents so that's like directly yeah. him But this way kind of, like, allows it to be done in a different way that that makes sense and is also, like, just adds a level of complexity that that adds richness to the story. It doesn't take it away or make it too confusing. It's like, oh, wow, so this happened because of this. Just another
2: fold that it kind of adds to it. So adding richness, um, I don't know if anyone else thought this, but when we were talking about why he might have been dating his neighbor, I at first was like, yeah, if he can date anyone, anybody can date anyone. And then, yeah, exactly. and then I started to go with it and I'm like someone who's okay with the madness and I was like is this the subtle introduction of Harley Quinn and they're not oh, going to address it?
1: Yeah. Man. That kind of occurred to me
0: too. Yeah. Oh, like, why didn't I think of that, that yeah. would have been awesome?
2: Cuz she loved been... and just saw through the crazy and the way that at least as an actress she looked at him was just like lovingly and she brushed his hair away when he was in the hospital with his mom and I'm like she's not just uh, going with it and pitying him she's all in on him and I'm like that's the only oh, the way first, that justifies the first her
1: the first gesture she makes is the shot to the head, yeah, and right? And then that kind of draws him towards
0: her. Clearly know? a Harley Quinn manner. Yeah, exactly. You know, that would that could be a Harley. Yeah, definitely. I think people would have been upset if that was truly what it was supposed to be though because of her background as a Arkham psychiatrist. Like I think that people would have been like like oh you didn't stick to that narrative that yeah. like her, her she's dark Dr carlene quinzel like she is a doctor she's a part of this and that's how she meets the joker but yeah that definitely would be a, i'd love that idea like to think about the possibility of that but it, it but it also i guess we should also address the fact that like there's been talks that this isn't gonna there's not gonna be a sequel that this isn't I'm tied sure into anything it's else a
1: standalone right
0: i've yeah. talked about dc and negative lights before which is you know you know, how many years ago, I would have never even thought to do that. But just because compared to the MCU right now, this movie was really intentionally a standalone movie. So, yeah, I think I, I'm i all for it. I, I don't agree with that that mold of, of doing movies. I would have loved to have seen a Harley Quinn or like one of these other characters well, come in. Well, it's worked for the MCU. You know? Exactly.
2: To be honest, well, I, this would have even a better been a better lead up into and maybe this isn't a fair statement because i've never seen suicide squad but this lead up to how he ends up in arkham in the first place before he recruits the other villains would have been a better origin story to suicide squad than suicide squad was
1: ah, yeah amen oh absolutely
0: yeah. yeah and and don't get me wrong margie roberts kills it in in suicide squad and we'll, we'll have to do that will dceu we'll have to do an episode on that universe in the future but yeah that i I agree yeah this would have this would have made more sense in that in that timeline but yeah that's i mean from what i understand they're not intentional they don't want to do any sequels this isn't tied into anything else like this was meant to just be a one-off movie and then you've got things coming up behind it like birds of prey which is coming out in february or so which is going to be the first comic book movie in 2020 and that's supposed to be uh a sequel of sorts to Suicide Squad. Margie Roberts, Harley Quinn is going to be in that movie and there's going to be some other things. But this Joker movie, it didn't need to be that. Like I said, it it was good enough on its own. It stood alone strong enough that it didn't really need to be tied into anything. But it, it just, it makes you like crave, like what if, like you said, Ryan, you're like, I want more. Like you were saying, like when you got done seeing it, like I want to know more. I want to see more of the story play out.
2: yeah because they filled in the gaps like i said that i wasn't even looking to be filled i came in just going i'm gonna know a a joker origin story i'm not gonna know that it ties into how bruce's parents die or the way that they pick him up out of the car and kind of lift him up and it's like okay people are finally loving the fact that someone stood up for the little guy which is the reason they're even okay with this psychopath and i was like this movie i want to i want to go get another refill on my soda and I want this to go for another three hours. Yeah. Like
1: you said, they're
2: how the chaos continues.
1: They're answering questions. You didn't even know you had that. that, Yeah. That's a good,
0: that's a good point. And I mean, like I said, and we overanalyze the crap out of movies anyways, but you could take it to another level. And I think we had discussed this is that like, you kind of wonder to yourself, like, okay, the penguin's a rich guy that's doing all these deals that kind of makes sense that he's got guys behind him two-faced to a certain extent like he's got his own thugs riddler maybe you could kind of see that but like the joker has nothing to offer really maybe he's got money like i think that was that's probably part of it is doing these bank robberies and things but like then you see what happened here and the joker thugs could be guys who witnessed him do the stuff that he did in the 80s and they have a reason to rally behind him oh, in sure. future Batman movies or whatever. So like, it kind of explains that too, where it's like, no, these aren't just random thugs that he found on the street. Like these are guys who like are quote unquote, part of the cause of, you know, yeah. going up and sticking it to the man and doing all these things. Like, so you see that as, as a, as a plausibility of why people would follow him in the future because mm-hmm. he's well known. I mean, everybody knows him at that point. Gotham's, he is not a, like, the whole the whole way that they introduced him in The Dark Knight and everything else and some other Batman TV movie, or uh, Batman movies, it's like, oh, this guy's starting to cause trouble. Oh, what's he do? Uh, he calls himself the Joker. It's like, no, at that point, like, Batman would be intimately familiar with the name Joker and know exactly who he was, especially the way that he what he did on that newscast that was recorded and shown for everybody to see like this, this guy is not, he is a main part of Gotham city. Yeah, I agree. So
2: yeah, but, I, uh, uh, it makes me wonder too, in terms of just continuity. So just like in every superhero movie ever that you watch where the entire city just gets destroyed and in the sequel, they're just like, Oh, New York is back to what New York was. It's like yeah. the amount of <laughs> economic loss that city shouldn't be okay. So if they're saying that this Joker revolt happened and the whole city just went to crap, if that lasts for 20, 25 years, what world is Batman even coming into? Like, you think Gotham would point. just be shut down? Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: And yeah, you just kind of bypass all those thoughts, but it's a good point. It wouldn't. You wouldn't just overnight be having all those problems go away.
2: So the way that I thought past that is, so they caught the Joker. Like, you kind of started to wonder, like, is he going to get away with this? He's been getting away with a lot. Like, they continued recording after he shot someone. In what world would that happen? They would have cut that scene so quick. And then you think, oh, he's in the car. They broke him free. The riot's going to carry him away. This is going to be at least okay for him and his world. But then he goes to jail. And I guess I was led as a viewer to think, okay, they cleaned up the streets but what happened was a fire was lit on the kind of fringes of society. So that's just boiling over by the time the Joker gets out again, before Batman becomes Batman, which then seems more plausible because it wasn't a complete raid for 20 years is they kind of clean that up and caught him.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good point of how many things, how many crimes he commits before he's actually caught. Um, that it's kind of astounding. I mean, he he does kill a couple people, and the things that you know, and it's the it's supposed to be the '80s, so nobody's got camera phones that are yeah. you know taking pictures as a, social but media. All they said was he looked, he had a Joker mask on, and all that kind of stuff. Um, some of the cool quotes or things that I I like. One of the things that I thought was interesting is that in his in his notebook, as he's you you kind of pan over and you see certain things that he wrote. He says uh, the problem with Mental illness is that people expect you to act like you don't have a mental illness. Yeah, um, that's that
1: so That that hit home for me. The actual quote is because you mentioned it in the, in the car when we did this right after. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. The worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't. Right. That's how he had it written.
0: It's um, a good point. You know, and so he's clearly
1: self-aware.
0: Like he's yeah. not one hundred aware of him. Like, yeah. that, and I think that makes it more dangerous. Is that he can. Toe the line between like his psychotic behavior and being in touch, so
2: yeah. So, so I thought um, that too, where he that scene where he's laughing with everyone, and you know his laugh, and when he's faking a laugh, and when everyone's kind of making fun in the locker room, and he turns the corner, stops laughing, and just starts walking straight faced. Right? Is that yeah, that was he, creepy. He could put on a show and try to be normal because he's mimicking everyone the entire movie he's watching stand-up mm-hmm. comics so that he can know how to be a stand-up comic and what he's doing is he's watching the worst parts of society and then just mimicking it and just thinking that that's what people want to see mm-hmm. so he can right. hide and disguise what he his real actions versus external body language almost too well and that's kind of scary
0: and how much of that then to your point is him uh, his condition laughing and how much of him doing it on purpose to creep people out or to like like that that line is even blurred like you said because he turns the corner walk starts walking down the hallway and then he just stops yeah if it was his condition he wouldn't have been able to turn it's it hard to different differentiate you yeah, know which, so
1: which just goes to making his character so creepy and
2: those right? are just another element those are why i was able to get more and more like man this isn't just a uh, his origin story isn't he's mentally handicapped and that's why he becomes insane is he's got more thought going on in his head than the camera wants you to believe. And he could be Heath Ledger's Joker. I started to believe that more mm-hmm. and more as it went on and it made me love it more. Cause it was so subtle that by the end you're like, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: glad you mentioned that. I never, that never even crossed my mind, but that's cause the two were similar enough that that could definitely have one lead into the other. That's awesome.
2: Even the makeup, they drew attention. Like I, I thought that was an Easter egg too. When he finally got away, dressed as a clown, but he put on the clown mask over his clown mask. Mm-hmm. And he puts that mask, as soon as he gets away, in the garbage can and walks away. And it looked like the same opening scene of The Dark Knight, where the Joker takes his mask off, puts it in the garbage can.
0: hmm
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: they definitely they drew on that. Um, the color that's interesting, too, is usually it's a purple jacket with a green hair. He kept the green hair, but he had more of a burgundy jacket, so that was intentional um i guess like i said we overanalyze this stuff too much but i was watching a video that they talked about how the only other time the joker wears that color scheme that's close to that is hey jack nicholson version of the joker and like a kenner flyaway joker toy that was done for the 1989 movie so like <laughs> it was just a toy that ever had yeah. that so like they wanted it to be they didn't want it to be so close to the heath ledger joker they wanted to have its own spin and i liked i think it was an interesting look um that whole scene him dancing down the stairs and all that which by the way you can actually look up those stairs there exist in new york city i believe now and so you can just go find it and
2: do your own, own i would say dance if you feel like it. G- give it a few years before you do that because <laughs> you and everyone's brother are going to be in the picture yeah, exactly. trying right. to resemble right well
0: oh, right exactly exactly is there a clown convention today? Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're all coming out of one car, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I guess anything else that you wanted to touch on? Ryan, yeah, you had some really good points. You know, there's, there's there's any other, other points that you wanted to bring up? Where, uh, I know we don't want to cut into your time. You, you know, with anything else you got going on today? But uh, anything else you wanted to? to bring up
2: or mention i think i've got one last comment is i don't know if it's just me or if you guys share my opinion but there's a place for kind of the overly everything goes right for the superhero almost thinking to like the first super um, spider-man movie where it's like that was a comic book movie right out of the comics with uh mm-hmm. here, here you can help me out with his name to- Maguire. his was very like the, the Batman equivalent of like powie and it's just like everything yeah, seemed to right. go too well. There was no dark mm-hmm. elements really. And I'm liking this trend towards superhero movies that have a little more dark, which is probably why I liked The Dark Knight in the first place. I know I was telling mm-hmm. you, is when I was watching that movie, it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You can tell that it's a little bit dark. and. Then when that scene happens with the pencil and he makes the pencil disappear, the Joker, I remember yeah. thinking, this is a different kind of movie because normally even the villains, as crazy as they are, don't really kill people. They might be harmed.
0: Die. Yeah, no one yeah.
2: dies. The The hero obviously never kills anyone. That's almost built into every superhero's like fabric of who they are. But the villain, surprisingly, also never does anything to kill anyone. So when that happens, yeah. it's like, this takes place in a different world that's a little more in touch with reality. I need to watch more, and I think that yeah. I kind of like the trend towards that more because it makes it feel like it could happen more. Not that we ever want any of this stuff to really happen, but no. it draws you in more. The closer it makes it more believable. Yeah, yeah. that's it makes what it, it more is.
1: Believable, yeah. And like we mentioned that in our thoughts right after the movie, Stanley when he started creating characters that he wanted to. Um, focus on the fact that these are people and you know when they're dealing with supernatural powers but also trying to blend into society and all that stuff and I think we said this it's nice to, to see DC finally bringing the more human side of these characters out because like you said the dark the darkness that that haunts these people to create the characters they become it they're they're finally explaining why it's
2: like that you know yeah so I think that's what I liked more and I, I don't know what other sequels are coming and I, like I said, I hadn't even really seen many of the new Marvel movies. Do they share that same kind of darkness, or is that something DC is only pursuing? It's dark not as
0: much. I it's would think. it's no dark said. topics with a bright light. Yeah. I would say, like, not nearly as dark as this. Yeah, thing. it's it's definitely not as gritty. They, I mean, the only R rating that they've gotten was Deadpool, and then they, by that, all, all rights that could be a comedy. You know, yeah. so oh, the, I, yeah. the, the reasons that it was r-rated were similar but different and yeah i guess yeah this, this movie was an r rating through and through there was no question about that but it wasn't in your face guys getting shot up blood splattering everywhere when they did that when they focused on that and what i'm thinking of is when he kills his co-worker in the actual um in the in his apartment that was very raw and very like you know walking dead level of gore And that was intentional, but it wasn't every kill. It wasn't wasn't everything that he was doing. Yeah, Like, even when he kills the the show host, it's a shot to the head, and you don't really see much of anything. But, like, that was on purpose. Like, he, like, how calm and how just okay he is with death that gruesome, where he's just smashing this guy's head, and you see it all, and it's spraying blood in his face. So do
2: you guys think that, if DC were to keep pursuing as they kind of start a reboot of their universe and they pursue this kind of darker side, that that's something that might win them over some viewers? Or do you think that Marvel should take a spin and start to kind of embrace the the darker, realer side?
1: I, I think Marvel's going to stick to what they've, I mean, they've got a pretty good recipe right. so far. I, think so. I do. I, and I think, you know, look, I mean, look at Monty and I, we like both. I mean, you're a huge DC fan. You both are evidently. And, and, but you can still watch both and appreciate both, but I do agree with you. I think DC needs to stick with this dark side and even just having the individual movies for the villains themselves. I I think you're right. I think they should stick with that, especially because Marvel's not doing it as much. Yeah. And I think that could be
0: like, almost like their niche or the way that they do things. Yeah. But, But I, yeah, they, they could, I could see them potentially going that way, but I think that they just have a such rich library of characters and plots that they have literally at their fingertips that they have not capitalized on. That I think before, I mean, they could incorporate that into what they're doing, but it's also they just need to do something. They need to they need to start start producing good. Get it
1: going. Yeah.
2: I think that's (laughs) harder uh, said than done with how much of a jumpstart Marvel has kind of gotten their formula down pat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. they're just, uh,
1: yeah, and that, yeah,
2: they're raking in the money with the formula they yeah, came up
1: with. It's like they've monopolized the market, yeah,
2: and they've got yeah. the capital behind it because now that Disney owns them, who not one person owns the rights, as far as I know, to all DC content that they can start collecting investors to make these movies.
0: And that's the thing is like, I don't know, Warner Brothers owns dc so it's like okay they they own those rights but it's warner brothers when you talk in terms of and may, anybody correct me if i'm wrong i'm not in the you know shareholders meetings of either of these companies but i i gotta believe that dc has just raw funds available at any given time above and beyond what warner brothers can do and that's part of the reason why we're seeing two and three marvel movies come out and one every maybe two years from dc well
2: don't forget every two year dc movie you get is a reboot of the same movie that came out two years
0: before (laughs) exactly yeah yeah no yeah i mean there's a suicide squad coming out and we could have a whole discussion about that is why why that's happening or how that's happening but and that's definitely going to be part of a larger discussion that we have of maybe even a dc versus marvel episode but and what they're doing and how they're doing it but yeah um so yeah a lot of really good thoughts like i said ryan i'm I'm glad you were able to yeah, uh, for share your, your, your thoughts and opinions with us. Um, anything else, like I said, that you wanted to add to this or just in general in terms of comic book movies or the Joker or anything?
2: No, I think, I think that's it. And I, uh, I just look forward to more of the movies like the Joker was and, I know there's a lot of criticism out there in the media about how they did it and what they did. But I think when you kind of put all that aside and take the movie for what it was, it was really well done. And the focus on character development, I think definitely separated DC a little bit more from the Marvel movies where, yeah, cause that, maybe this is sacrilege on this podcast, but I stopped <laughs> watching the MCU movies After the first Avengers and I did that because I like character development and it was so weird and hard for me to watch the first Avengers where they were just shotgunning screen time it's like oh we haven't shown Iron Man he deserves 30 seconds of screen time and it was like, I don't get too deep in any of these characters they're just there because they're popular. And and I stopped watching after that because I was like, I can't care about these movies because it's just too much thrown at me. I want to really get to know who these people are more. And maybe I should give those individual movies they've since come up with a chance. But the Avengers, I feel like I'm odd man out by not liking the Avengers (laughs) for that reason.
1: Oh, yeah. Those other movies that build up to each Avengers movies definitely will help with that. But I standing alone in Avengers movies, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, definitely. So definitely. So so yeah,
1: thanks. Thanks again. Like I said, thanks for
0: having, uh, being on this podcast and being a part of it. And yeah, you helped a lot, man. I think, I think it really, like I said, this is, this is going to be a good episode. It's made us smarter. Thank
2: you. Thanks for having me. It's tough to do. Uh, let me know when I can come on the next podcast, when DC reboots the Joker in a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. When Joaquin Phoenix plays himself in The Joker, the,
2: the Joker, too, not to be mistaken as a sequel. This is a completely different, right. movie. yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk Thanks to you guys for having
1: good me, to meet you,
0: man. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, know this, this episode is going to be another little bit of a longer one, but uh, appreciate, appreciate everybody listening out there. If you got any questions or I want to add anything, again. Make sure that uh, you do that uh, by emailing our, uh, ep- our uh, podcast webpage uh, or email address. Uh, so as we always like to say, getting old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. What's going on?